Welcome to the Getting to Know Eurus podcast series. In this episode, I spoke with Lily, who is a second year student in the EU stream. We talked about her student work experiences in her undergrad and MA degrees, her academic and professional interests in environmental policy and international relations, and how she was able to combine her academic interest with her work experiences. Be sure to follow us on social media at Eurus Carlton and check out our website www.carlton.ca slash eurus. That's carlton.ca slash e-u-r-u-s. Where are you from originally? Um, I'm originally from Bulgaria. I was born in Sofia and I lived there until I was 10. And then my parents and I immigrated to Calgary, Alberta. And then I moved here uh to Ottawa for my undergrad and I stayed for my master's and where did you do your undergrad at the University of Ottawa I did a environmental economics and uh, public policy undergraduate with French margin so what did you like focus on um, when you were doing that like what what topics in your undergrad interested you when you were studying I focused on the environmental economic side a, a lot, but mostly on environmental policies and issues. I um, I think that kind of related to also my work, but also a lot of my classes at the upper level were um, environmental policy classes and environmental uh, econ classes, which uh, were really, really interesting. And I wanted to keep looking at that more, um, especially kind of international facing um, policies and um, organizations kind of working in the field and different countries and the amount of uh, and the policy structures that they kind of implement to uh, to combat climate change. And you mentioned that this is similar to like work that you were doing at the time? Yes. So I, I've, I did co-op in my undergraduate and my first experience with co-op was actually a statistic Statistics Canada, and it was in something that wasn't really related to my program. Um, but all of my, all of the managers that I was talking to knew my interests. So one of them actually mentioned that they they had a environmental team that was really interested in doing some statistics work, and they had a big um, annual publications coming out. Um, so in my downtime, I was helping out with that, and then when time came for me to have a second co-op, I was able to get on that team and work there for a little bit. I guess I started from a very, um, from a department which was just focused on statistics and information and the kind of transparency. And then I went into uh, working on a bit more of a dynamic file, which was, uh, I went into Environment and Climate Change Canada, um, in a team working on the pan-Canadian framework um, on its implementation in particular. Um, so that was very, very interesting. It, uh, it got me exposed to a lot of the, of a lot of information of what Canada was doing at the time, but also what was, what uh, international conferences and kind of opinions were on the subject matter. And then I just kept going from there. And so this was probably like near the end of your undergrad when you were doing these yes. work experiences? Um, it was actually towards the middle of my undergrad. I started in my second year with Statistics Canada, and then um, 
at the end, I worked um, actually from environment and climate change. I moved on to natural resources where I stayed for a year. So that was at the end of my undergrad. Um, and then I worked there, I worked on a more particular uh, program. Um, I worked on kind of greening freight and transit um, in Canada. So that was a bit more localized and that was really interesting because you actually had to deal with more specific cases and more uh, more kind of tangible um, information uh, rather than uh, a lot of policy work. So it was very different, but it was uh, a good eye-opener as to kind of the different jobs that existed. Did you continue in these positions after your undergrad or in the final position that you're working in after your undergrad? Or did you sort of immediately move on to doing graduate studies? I uh, ended up graduating in uh, December of 2019, um, which was a long time ago now, but uh, I, um, I had eight months in between my undergrad and my uh, grad studies, and I stayed at NRCAN um, for about four of those months. Um, and then the pandemic hit and there was everything kind of got thrown into commotion. Um, but I ended up finding a casual position at Health Canada, um, which was uh, very, it was actually very interesting for it to not be environment related for me. It kind of just opened up my eyes to other jobs, but also kind of how many transferable skills they were from what I learned in my undergrad studies. Um, and it also kind of allowed me to implement my political science courses a bit more and my public policy courses a bit more because um, that was one topic, healthcare and, and kind of um, health policy that was always mentioned in my classes, but I hadn't explored it further. So that was very interesting. And then I started with my master's. It's interesting to hear that you had so much work experience for going into your grad degree, because I think that, I mean, in my case, but also in a lot of other people's case, it's kind of like, you know, we didn't have any work experience, so we had to go get a grad degree. Um, why did you want to do a grad degree um, instead of continuing to work? And I guess also, did you consider just continuing to work and not pursuing graduate studies? Those are very interesting questions. And I think, uh, firstly, I'll kind of speak as to, I think why I had that much work experience. And I think it's just very localized Ottawa experience, but the I really tried hard to get into the co-op programs. I always thought that A, financially and B, um, from a kind of forward looking perspective, it was a good idea to work and study at the same time. Um, and, I also, it worked better for me um, personally to just have one semester of study and then one semester of work. Studying for two semesters in a row was always just worse for me. So it was really nice once I got into that rhythm. And I guess for the, my reasons for doing a master's was, were kind of twofold. One was that I wanted to gain more kind of tangible experience into international issues. I was, I wanted to expand my kind of scope because I'd been so focused on environmental issues and policies in my undergrad. And I wanted to work, to have that option of working in either um, NGOs or um, 
government in different um, in a different capacity and with different files and to have that background and I also wanted to um, get that master's in order to get some of that more personalized smaller classes um, more on your own studies that that was kind of um, missing from my undergraduate studies so I think I only had that sort of style courses for one or two classes and they were in French which um, however much you think you know French with French immersion it kind of always prohibits you from participating as much as you would otherwise want to be especially before the pandemic it was just uh, the the partic in particular uh, Carlton's two programs, Nipsey and URS, had these um, had so much programs and options for international travel and engagement that I was very, very interested in. On top of sort of the international engagement and travel kind of opportunities, what drew you towards URIS um, and what ultimately made you decide to go with this program? Well, it might be a bit cheesy to say but the people in the program drew me to the program I applied kind of on a whim I had no idea about the program before my last year of undergrad or of yes of undergrad and I did some research into Carleton programs I saw it and I uh, started an application and then I get an email from the director Jeff Sadeo um, who was the director last year um, and he just said that he was available for a chat to for me to know more about the program and to kind of get some of that information um, and also to meet some faculty if I was interested. And when I did that, it echoed back to um, my high school experience in a way because I was doing IB, the IB program in high school and it, um, that kind of interdisciplinary aspect was just really always reinforced uh, in us as being incredibly important. And when that's the way that yours was framed as this interdisciplinary program where you didn't have to be just looking at something from an economics lens or from a social studies or political science lens. You could, if you were interested in history, you could take the history course. If you were interested in, international affairs, you can take that course. Um, that really appealed to me because it felt like um, otherwise you were just kept getting boxed into different experiences and not letting yourself have just a little bit of um, extra different experiences, extra experiences that you, that might not be necessarily um, in your career path, but could lead to more interesting, more important interests that could change your career path, for example. And it sounds like you were doing a lot of that interdisciplinary stuff in your undergrad too, with, you know, marrying political science with the environment and your work experience as well, wasn't necessarily only in one specific place too. Yeah, definitely. And with my undergraduate program, it was I was I applied actually to the first year that they offered it so they were still kind of figuring out how they were going to structure it and which courses you would have to take to graduate so uh, it was I think the most mixed program out of all of the 
um, economics programs being offered, it had the most it had quite a variety of uh, requirements from a variety of faculties and, and departments. Um, so that was really super. And I'm interested in a lot of things. I'm not, I, I don't like to specialize in one thing. I, uh, I can get myself uh, interested and excited by a lot of topics. So I wanted to kind of keep that going. Yeah, well, I'm interested to hear sort of what have you done in your master's degree so far academically? Like what courses have you taken that you've liked? What's your research, your MRP? I'm sorry with bringing that up. It's a touchy subject for some people. Um, but yeah, tell me about your sort of academic um, interests and pursuits um, from Euros. So I, I've taken, uh, besides the very common, you know, seminar courses that we all have to take, I took a democracy in the EU course. Um, I'm focused on the European side of the program rather than the Russia and Eurasia side. Um, so that was a really good backgrounder uh, for a lot of things. I took um, international affairs, the EU and international affairs course. And uh, one super intriguing course that I took last year was migration and multiculturalism in Russia, Asia and Europe. And that was co-thought by uh, Jeff Sahadeo and James Castile. And that was a really, really interesting course. I, I, loved, I loved it so much. It, uh, it kind of um, mixed history and um, migration and um, development and so many other things under this broad umbrella. And, Oh, and made it seem like um, all of them got the time of day that they deserved in the course. So that was really, really good. Last semester, I actually took a fourth year undergraduate course, uh, which was um, Russian literature in translation. Uh, so that kind of, um, I wanted to take that course. I, actually, I think when I originally looked at the courses that were offered, I thought to myself, wow, this course was really cool. And so I'm really glad I was able to take that in my second year. It was interesting because it was more on the cultural side as well. You got to um, talk about writers in the 19th and 20th century um, and, and how culture in Russia formed and then permeated across the world in terms of literature. That's fascinating. And yeah, this is sounds totally like your you just like whatever interested you, you said, oh, I'm going to go for that. I'm going to go for that too. Because, you know, I think like people who kind of go within specific streams, like either the EU or the Russia Eurasia stream, typically just sort of focus on that coursework. But it sounds like you've really sort of taken advantage of the, of the transnational aspect of the program. Yeah. And I definitely think I was scared to do that. I remember uh, emailing my supervisor, just asking, Hey, is this okay? Are, are you, can I take this course? <laughs> And then, of course, it was no problem. And I knew that from um, from the get go that uh, a lot of the courses were kind of available to everyone. Um, it was just, I guess, my previous uh, kind of knowledge kind of made me go, oh, I need to double check that. And what did you end up sort of writing about or are still writing about for your MRP? So like, what is your MRP? So I did focus on um, an environmental kind of policy um, in the EU for my MRP. Um, 
which was, uh, so I'm currently writing it and I'm focusing on the emissions trading system in the EU and kind of how nations have affected it or changed it or kind of influenced it in some way and how it formed and uh, in particular how it developed. So it's still in my interest, it's in my wheelhouse. Um, my kind of knowledge base for it got added on to by the internship that I did last year with for, for the program. I work with the Canadian Chamber of Commerce working on a kind of research report for what a carbon border adjustment looks like and which countries are thinking about it and how it would be potentially implemented. So the EU is one of those countries that is very much committed to doing such a scheme like that. It kind of tied everything together for me. It kind of showed me how much of the um, environmental policy world is interconnected. Well, I'm happy that you mentioned internship because I'm curious to know, did you continue your sort of like work school balance um, consistently through your master? master's so like what I mean to say is like were you working part-time the whole time you were doing your degree no I wasn't uh that's the short answer um I when I started my first semester was just in doing my uh, coursework and then my um TA ship or RA ship at the time um which was through the university um and I didn't have any part-time job apart from that and that was plenty on my plate already Um, and then in my second semester I had two academic courses the one internship and then an RA ship as well and last semester which was my third semester I uh, had only one class and then I was working on my marquee somewhat. I mostly worked part-time with the Canadian Coast Guard because I did a co-op this summer as well uh, in my master's through Carleton now. Uh, So I worked with the Coast Guard last semester and I also had a internship in the Canadian Parliament. So that was uh, just uh, a couple of hours a week, but it kind of filled up my time as well. And this semester, I'm mostly focusing on my MRP and I have one course and I have my TA ship. I'm curious to know, as somebody who's done co-ops in both their undergrad and their graduate degree, did you notice a difference in the type of job that you were doing, sort of the level you were at, and the possibility to turn it into a more permanent career? Like, were there differences in those areas between the undergrad and graduate uh, co-ops? I think there are small differences, but I think those differences can also come from the the place where you work and what the current situation is, Um, because a lot of teams are dynamic and they usually kind of, they might have an ebb and flow of people coming in and out. One thing I would say is that the longer you stay in one place the more interesting work you get and the more diverse work you get and the more you get to try your hand at different things when I was at NRCAN that was really the case I feel like because I stayed a year I got a chance to also see kind of the cycle of a program but also to work on um, things like contribution agreements for different programs and um, 
if you stay usually for a study semester and you're only working part time, they put and they already you know already the context of the team and what the, the department is working on and what the team is working on. Um, they can kind of give you more of a research based project or something that they wanted to do for a long time but didn't have time. So that kind of becomes a bit more academic focus for you, um, but it's still something that, that kind of uh, adds to your skills and adds to your abilities um, and gives you greater context on a team because I think it usually takes about three to four, three months at least to get used to um, a team and the way that they work and kind of also get you the information that you need in order to feel like you know what your team is doing and why that's being done, that work is important. Um, and then afterwards, you actually start to be able to contribute in a more meaningful way. A lot of places that I've been at, I've had managers be very um, open to me staying on and being very supportive, um, both throughout my time there and um, down the line. And I think it's, um, it's very important to try to figure out where you want to work more broadly and to rather than to have a specific department in mind and a specific goal in mind um, and to also get a feel while you're doing the interviews of what that team is like. Interview them as well in a way. Don't ask them a lot of questions, but kind of get a sense of what they're about and how they operate within their team. Um, a good fit for a co-op job and then later on for an actual job is very important. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm experiencing this, that essentially right now in my current job because I've stuck in the same co-op since the fall. Um, I They just continued to want to keep me hired here. And yeah, like I'm already being put on more complex projects. Um, I'm already be, being given more complicated work. And there's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm quite fortunate that there's, there's already a path opened up to an indeterminate position too. And so since, you know, that's kind of where I'm going to be headed, I'm already getting stuff that I'm going to be working on in my indeterminates now as a co-op student. That's super interesting. It's very good. It's very, very good. And I think uh, it gets you more interested in kind of continuing on in government once you've been working there for over four months, because then you actually start getting the big picture and start getting the projects that are actually very, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And it just I mean, I've been working in a position for like almost I don't know, maybe six months now, and I still don't know all the acronyms. No, <laughs> I, I, I switched. I mean, I got kind of used to an Arcan in uh, for a while. And then when I switched to Coast Guard, it, it kind of felt like I was starting from ground zero. What is your plan afterward? I applied to a couple of positions. So I'm, I'm hoping that I, I'll be employed after all of this is over, but uh, that always remains to be seen. Um, I'm really hoping that I can find a job where a the, the team is really good and it's a really supportive environment because especially over the last two years, I think that's one of the most important things that we've kind of figured out is that the supportive environment is key, especially when things go wrong. 
but um, I'm really hoping to get a chance to work somewhere that kind of has this international lens or international files that is also focused on environment. I'm hoping that those two can be brought together for me in my career. Um, I don't have a particular goal or place that I want to work or job that I want to do. I always think that when it when you do that in a way you're limiting yourself to other possibilities that you never could have conceived. When I was in high school I always didn't know what I wanted to actually do because I wanted to see what opportunities there are once you have like a little bit of those skills and a little bit of that education maybe um, because I wasn't sure what jobs there were once you were done with that. So then I'm kind of going this way with my master's as well. I'm kind of really looking forward to see what opportunities open up. And that's what I've liked hearing about um, from alumni that they ended up getting in their jobs really randomly. Like they met people at an event or they walk across somebody in the street who they used to work for and got offered a job. Like it's really, it is really cool to see that it's like, oh, you know, it's really kind of random that, you know, you end up kind of thinking that you want to go a certain path, but then something else kind of pops up and you say, oh my God, that's a really cool opportunity. And that really what like they have learned in terms of the hard skills, in terms of the regional knowledge ended up being very marketable in so many different contexts. Oh, absolutely. And I think it, that kind of mirrors co-op or co-op mirrors real life in a way, um, where sometimes you get interviewed for positions that you're not, um, that are not what you're studying or not in your wheelhouse. And if you think that you want to take a crack at it, I think it's a great idea because you get the contacts. You don't know who also is going to have worked there. Um, the government is all, kind of everybody that I've met has come from a different background. Everything's very interdisciplinary. Um, policy analysts for government, at least, can come from any sort of many programs, at least, and um, have had a lot of different experiences transferring departments. So you never know who you're going to meet and what they're going to um, teach you and where they're going to have come from and where you can go from from that job onwards to. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to check out the other episodes from this series and follow us on social media at Eurus Carlton. For more information about the program, as well as a guide on how to register, key dates, and deadlines, be sure to check out our website, www.carlton.ca slash eurus.